0: Hello and welcome back to the Think Education podcast. Uh, Judith Lammy and myself, Chris Hill. Today we're going to have a chat, I guess not unsurprisingly, about journeys, right? As this is um, kind of central to a lot of the stuff we've been thinking about and writing about. But today it's less of a journey, uh, maybe of a university or of a partnership or of a program or even particularly of a particular student. But this is more about our own experience or experiences going from uh, we put it we've put it quite a few different ways right we started off with a, a sort of a beginner to advanced we're talking about you know um, early career to established we talked about um, nobody to somebody um, um, maybe nobody to somebody to somebody else right so that you become a you, your identity yes. and your your role in well, academia, but conferences, meetings, events, um, mentoring it, it it shifts, right, as we as we progress. Sometimes it happens without us realising it. Uh, sometimes it happens, I guess, a little bit by design. Um, so that's that's kind of what we're trying to tackle today. Uh, where where <laughs> I was going to say, where are you on this spectrum? Because you you mentor many people, um, myself included um, um, and in previous podcasts you've talked about mentors you have had in the past um, so what what are your reflections on and I, I really hesitate to say this it's not that the journey has ended or the journey is ending right we are <laughs> yes, we are talking exactly. about the current yes. position we <laughs> occupy in this uh, in this process right
1: yeah. Yeah, because we were we were talking about it, weren't we, the other day? And we thought it would be um, an in, interesting sort of mini subject for a for a podcast because, um, and I think it was because we would both been at, at conferences, and uh, I think i would just come back from the Edinburgh one in particular, the the Going Global one, and 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 we were chatting about the fact that um, you know how, how the that conference had changed over the years, how it had then got really huge and now it's started to sort of just draw back a little bit to be um a significant number of people but the number of people and number of events that mean that you can really interact with it you know yeah. um, easily and there's lots of things to do but there's not so many things to do that you get overwhelmed and i was then comparing it to um you know ones that i used to go to when i was earlier on in my career in my early stage let's say at the beginning of my time at, at Birmingham, when I used to go to um, Tefl Tesla ones in the States, where you got northwards of ten thousand people yeah, yeah. more attending, which I just found was astonishing. Um, and and it just struck me that you know I remember the first time I went to one of the Going Globals, and I and I probably didn't know anybody at all. Yeah. Maybe I knew one or two other people, if that. Um, I think with most of these conferences the first time I went was probably with somebody with a with a colleague you know somebody would have said oh, well i'm attending this or one of my friends would have said i'm attending this it, it, i think it'd be useful for for you you yeah. know can, connecting to this new network um and that's how it starts and so i was reflecting back on the fact that um you know when i first used to to go to these i, I felt quite anonymous (laughs) Um, and that's not a bad thing no
0: no you know it was
1: just it just it was what it was and and in a sense the further afield that you go and one of the first times i went to the um TESOL conference was in in Seattle in the 1990s uh early 1990s and um and i went with a colleague and i'd written a proposal to to go into what was the massive booklet um and, uh, and had it accepted, and that meant that the university would, would, you know, support me going. And he was going as well, and he was giving one of the, 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 the keynotes. And I had spent probably six months preparing what I was <laughs> going to say in my little session and writing it down and practicing it and trying to, to know it word for word and been desperately worried that I was going to forget any of it without the realization that, of course, it was only me that knew what I was going to say in the first place. And I remember uh, Tony, who was was the the department then, and a wonderful mentor, basically writing his on the plane, Mm -hmm. and he was giving the big keynote on the way there, and then he left it on the plane, which was very sort of Tony, really. And he gave this wonderful talk when he was there, uh, and it was so natural, and I remember just sitting back thinking, goodness me. And uh, and so when I was at uh, Going Global last year, I was then reflecting on this, going in, and Literally the second you get there bumping into people that you know and, and I don't know how many people I knew at the Going Global this year But it was an awful lot uh, and, and, it, and it means and I just felt that therefore it was definitely that is a different sort of experience There are some things that I suppose I was leading sessions more. I was doing four of the sessions I was presenting I was on chairing, etc. But I did manage, in the, the, the times when I wasn't doing those, to dip into some other sessions of, of things that I was less familiar with. I went on into a wonderful session, chair by Andrea and you know, looking at um, equality and gender equality um, and, you know, the new developments there. As I say, so not something I'm not familiar with in general, but not something I, I tend to delve into in great detail so it was good to have the opportunity to do that but it struck me that I did that a lot less mm. now than I than I used to just because of doing lots of other things um and so to come to your question though Chris I think it's a, what I found therefore is it's probably it's interesting as you go through your career I've found that I guess you end up just doing it's like the bell curve shifts as you go along your your career path and obviously when you're younger. You don't have so many people to mentor because you haven't done so much <laughs> in order to mentor people about it. You mm. see what I mean? You're at the beginning of things, aren't you? So you don't really feel. So you're part of you're part of sort of mutually mutual support networks mm-hmm. where nobody's a mentor really. You just all share, don't you? And then you move on together. But it's less about working with with you know uh, about you individually, me individually, than then supporting others and that has increased as i've got older and have got more experience obviously and then particularly in the areas where i have got more experience so whether it's academically in my own area and writing that i've done and the content there or whether it's you know in in management and leadership you know i'm on my fourth executive now at a higher education institute you know i've, I've been in Numerous different sorts of roles, different types of, of um, institutions, and uh, been on non-exec roles. And I remember the first time actually when I was at Birmingham University with my one of my mentors there, um, uh, uh, Professor Michael Clark, who was the provost there. You know, suggesting to me at one point that I. Um, why don't I look into become a non-executive director somewhere or do a non-exec role? I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> I had to go back home and <laughs> ask, what's one of those? <laughs> How do I do that? You know, and then all of a sudden you find that, that you, you, you're not only being them and done them a lot, but you're sharing things and things like that. So, but that what does though continue throughout your career is that you still have mentors yourself because you're still discovering new things and um you're still new at certain aspects of of the things that you're doing uh, or indeed other things that you 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 look into so i suppose your 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 role as a mentor and a mentee um shifts in terms of a percentage where you know it goes from a a 100 percent in, in many ways at the beginning of your career Probably to when I get to about now, maybe 75, 25 or something like that. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think if you've still got that keenness to, to learn and to experience new things and to realise that, you know, the more that you know, the more you realise you absolutely don't know. And actually, isn't it exciting learning new things that you would never, ever want to be to that point where it springs completely the other way. And all you do is, is mentor others and all, all you do is talk about things that you think you know about uh because that well that will be very dull as well um but also you learn so much from other things that shape what you're already doing so i think that's what what strikes me about it chris really you know that that, um it's it it sort of shifts as you go through your career but uh, at each point in your career you you might not have a completely new Career experience for example, so I'm I'm a lifer when it comes to It's a national higher education or higher education full-stop. I didn't plan to be
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I um I But but that's that's what happened, you know really when I I joined higher education and I've stayed in it I've done different things, so I've never had that big career shift but which a number of people have had Um but I have done different things and therefore at different points in my career have needed a mentor, but uh, I think I've always been really grateful and have and, and had just wonderfully supportive people who have very often been the people, you know, who have said, when I felt that, oh I don't know if I'm ready for that. You know, sh- should I go for being a head of department? Should I, should I do this? Well, I don't know if I can. I've not done it before, so I don't think I can do it. And, and again, I remember one of my previous mentors saying, well, you won't have done it before because it's the next step on the ladder. So you've got to start somewhere. Why don't you start here in a wonderfully supportive environment? You know, and you'll make mistakes, and that's fine. You know, you'll feel a bit bad about it at the time, but learn from it and and move on. And so I think that's what I've taken from it. You know, just in in general as as I go through, and and that you learn from everybody in the in the process. I mean, I know Chris, you you know you, you yourself have obviously had. Very different experiences in terms of the locations of where you've worked for significant chunks mm. of time, as well. Have you found, with regard to those, that you've had different sorts of mentor-mentee experiences?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I've. Been, it's. It's been unusual because in in both of the say, two major cases where I've worked. Uh, in an international setting, um, obviously most British universities are international, but I mean, in terms of a, of a country other than the one where I'm sort of originally uh, working, um, I was in both cases working still at a British institution. And so there's the, the kind of, you know, odd reality about, there's a lot of people around who st- represent the institution but kind of in a very different way. And so, you know, there's often that push and pull between value bases and, you know, just cultural context and, you know, the reality. And so, you know, in some cases, um, al- almost the the cultural mentor, you know, in terms of somebody who helps mm. you navigate and, you know, understand, I guess, is a, is, a, is a good word, the world in which you are living. Um, uh, and then obviously it's up to you to try and work out your place within that and how you balance, um, the sort of institutional values and, and the professional ethics and all the types of stuff you've been brought up with and you've been trained with, and, you know, you've been quality tested on at you know, and promoted or not promoted on, you know, whatever that might be. And then how you navigate that in, in a completely different context. And so, and in, in many cases, you know, those mentors or those guides or those you know constructive friends or whatever you want to call them were not necessarily more senior to me so in in many cases they were members of my team or um, yes. members of you know other teams that you know in say the institutional structure would be either horizontal to to my role or even you know below my role because you know information and knowledge and you know it's found in many many different places and that sounds a little you know i don't know i don't know what the proper word is that sounds almost a little um demeaning in the way but that's not the 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 sort of message i'm trying to get across it's you know you you have a sense of of what you think is right and wrong you have a sense of how you think things should work and you have a sense of what you believe to be ultimately the right way and that's that's driven by your background and your training and your expectations and etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you you move into a different team you know and it doesn't have to be a different country but you move into a different organizational structure and you move into a different group of people and you need to learn how to do things differently um without changing the core of who you are but adapting to and I think I've been very very fortunate to have had mentors and and support that have Been very open about discussing those types of things, you know. So something very basic about well, no, no, you would you would never point with your index finger if you're making a point in Malaysia. You'd always point with your Mm -hmm. thumb, and you think, oh, okay. Uh, I never meant that to be offensive because it's not in my culture. Um, But you think, oh, well, that's that's a small adaptation that you can make that really doesn't bother you, um, but has a benefit in your context, or you know, like little things like that on you know the way that you address people and the way you relate to people and the way you manage time and and i mean that's been that's been very very useful i mean the the thing i find strange is i don't know if i don't know if you if you have had this but this is where i've had similar experiences that you were explaining where i've had mentors who said well you know why don't you try for this or why don't you apply for this or or, or simply just said you're doing this and put me forward for that and you're like oh okay and a lot of that was covered by the fact that when i worked on the the branch campus in malaysia It was very much like a startup and nobody really knew what they were doing because everything was new. And so you weren't an expert in anything. So you didn't worry about not being an expert in anything. You just sort of tried to get on with things and, and, you know, muddle through and then try and make sense of them afterwards and, you know, build up the learning that way. And people had the freedom to do that, whichever was very, you know. And so mentoring there was more about, well, you know, giving you the, the safety net, even if you can't see the safety net. You know, so um, people like Syed Azam Ali or Graham Kendall that I worked for in, in Malaysia, who would sort of take me to meetings with ministers, and you know, put me in positions where, and I'm I'm sort of 28 years old at this point, and what I had a lot of was imposter syndrome, which is
2: yes.
0: Now, in the context where I was operating, you have to you have to acknowledge the fact that a white male with a doctorate title is given a sort of perception whether they've you know because of it's a, a it's not a very comfortable cultural thing but it's a it's a it's a privileged thing that you have to acknowledge if you are that person and and yet there's a lot of things where I went through where you think okay I I'm I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> Literally, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know I don't know I don't know um and I've been thrust in this position in theory because of something and you know the mentors are there for to help you to say hey you know what I don't mind if you fail Okay, I don't want you to fail twice, but I don't mind if you fail. And yeah. and that freedom to learn, which I then in turn took that philosophy and that approach to teams that I built, to to people that I hired, the people that I worked with, the people that I try to mentor now. The imposter syndrome still doesn't really go away because I still think why are they listening to me? Why would they listen to me? You know, what what's the you know, that that transition of my career where you sort of look back and somebody says, "Well, how did you do this?" and "How did you design it?" like I I don't know I think I woke up on a Tuesday and it had happened like I'm not I'm not entirely sure there wasn't there wasn't design as you said we we sort of accumulate experiences and if we're lucky enough to reflect on them and we have people that can support us along the way we gain a measure of experience right and we can then communicate that and say no no I don't know the right answer but this is what happened and this is what I learned from it and take that take from that what you what you want or what you can I suppose right
1: I suppose there's it absolutely and I, I I suppose there's an there's an interesting challenge there for the leader, isn't there? In that as you're saying, you know, if you're if you're if you were, you're a leader, you you know, if you're if you're a head of department or if you're head of anything, you know, that you've got individuals that you're leading and at and one at the same time, you know, having all of us also having been part of that group where you've got a leader. You want that leader to be that person Potentially that can inspire you that can give you support that can that you can feel somehow sheltered by I don't mm. know But the, 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 if, the, if if there is a problem, you know, they'll solve it. It'll be all right yeah. you've got, so you've got that confidence in them So you need a leader I suppose that can inspire that whilst at the same time if they're to be leaders that don't create a massive divide between the leader and the people that they lead, mm-hmm. you need to bring people on, yeah. don't you? Sure. So, so you don't, and therefore you don't want a leader who you get the feeling doesn't know anything, because then you're like, well, but you're not a leader then, because actually you're just always asking me the question, or you're never giving me any sort of yeah, yeah. You're never telling me an answer to anything, sort of thing, you know. Um, and so there's an interest, and, and on I guess different people in different parts of the, you know, you're, you're your teams uh, need different things at different times, don't they? And So, so I always think that's in the, the leaders that certainly I feel as though I've worked with in the past, um, I don't know if they've really worked very hard of being those kind of collaborative leaders, leaders where they, they are the person in front that you need to lead, because that's why mm-hmm. it's the word lead. Um, but they bring you all along on the journey as well,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and <clears throat> they help to have people there for when they either don't want or are unable to, to lead anymore or, or who aren't that can take over yeah. because they've they've been you know given that support and inspiration. Um, and, and I'm sure, though, as well, we've we've both worked with and for people who have been very different types of leaders. And you probably wouldn't even use the word leader, actually. But you know, where there is such a distance, where you simply are not able to have your own opinion um, because yeah. that, that would not be taken well, um, and and where you know their word is their word, and you you do you know you do what is not just suggested but said. Um, And that, of course, isn't the kind of leader that's ever going to inspire you in any collegiate sense to become a leader. It might inspire you to become one just to knock them off the pedestal (laughs) that they've put themselves on. And maybe in a reverse way, they've they've sort of tried to engineer that. I think though probably a lot of it is just down to what the individuals are like themselves deep down. Are they the kind of people who, you know, that, that, that they can manage that really tricky balance between having that credibility... As a leader, but but being a human being as well, yeah. and therefore, because we know, don't we, in the kind of roles that that, that that we've got and that others have got, that you cannot, there, it is impossible to know absolutely. well, it's impossible to know everything about everything anyway. In fact, impossible to know everything about anything at all. Um, but but you know, usually you just try and stay one step ahead yeah. of most other people in in the game. Um, but when you've got roles as well that cover multiple different areas then clearly you've got to be looking to those experts within those areas to help you as a leader Mm. to help you support them because you can't support them in terms of how they're actually going to do their day-to-day roles yeah you know in, in in the sense of the actual detail of it because they know the detail and you don't um But there are other ways in which you need to support them. I'm really interested in what you were saying then, uh, therefore, about, as you say, those who would be your your mentor, be your support, be that person that's there for you, who may be very junior in the organisation. And it would be interesting to know their point of view. How did they feel when they're almost being put in this role of... Being a support and a mentor for the person that probably three of their line managers reports into,
2: <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: and it's uh, it's a that that must. I don't know whether you have you found when you've had that when you've been overseas that, as I said, been surprised by people if they embraced it. Have have sometimes <clears> they <throat> said, "I'm not sure I can do this." It's what kind of so kind of responses I mean, have you had?
0: Pretty much all of those. Um, because uh as we've said you know in many, many different conversations there's no there's no single rule to this, right so wherever you go, the people are going to be different um and you're different depending on where you go and who you're interacting with and I've had experiences where um like no no, no, you're the boss no no you're you're the boss and 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 for one reason or another, I'm either not going to contradict you, I'm not going to offer an opinion I'm either not comfortable doing yeah. this you know I, i'm not used to doing this i'm i'm worried now what you got? like so there's you know and you go into it at the beginning thinking oh you know i'm just being all friendly and this and that and you think this is has nothing to do with the cultural or organizational framework with which with which my colleague has grown up their entire life what is normal to them is is abnormal to me and vice versa and Mm. you know you can be oh i'm friendly and this and that you're like yeah but that that works for you you know if my boss and my context came to me and said and I'd be like, oh, okay, because I have a shared narrative to an extent, right? So there were certainly times where it was um, harder. Over time, with trust being built up, when you, you can, you know, it's like, no, no, n- I'm not looking to for any repercussions. I'm, I'm looking to, for information. You know, if, if you are a genuinely open and inquisitive person and you ask questions and the questions are not always work-related, but, you know, they're, they're mm. done in a sort of an open way, then you can build it's the same with teaching you know you you build up the trust with the students and then the students ask more questions more readily um but I've also had experiences where you've literally just turned the tap on and it's like wow and then you start to sit back and go yeah I'm not sure you can say that I think that might be an HR issue now I think we now we might have to back yes. away from this conversation which I instigated <laughs> so that's that's my problem but um uh and so Um, I mean, I remember very clearly the, the very first hire I ever made ever, um, was in Malaysia and it was to hire an administrative assistant to support the graduate school. And at that point, the graduate school was me because I was the only member of the graduate school, um, staff member, obviously all students are are technically part of it. And I hired this, this lady who was very, very qualified, but very quiet. little nervous around um, me, uh, maybe as an individual or as a boss. Um, and I, I tried all these you know, these little tips and tricks and this and that, and we went for lunch, but you know I brought my wife along at the same time, and you know, we didn't because you know, worked at the same university, and you know tried to build this rapport. And over the time of working with this lady, um, when I left the university, she took the job that I'd left. So she ran the entire graduate school because she'd, you know, been given opportunity, built her own relationships, you know, worked hard. Um, and the credit is to her sort of taking advantage of the, the the way the structure was put in place and these sort of opportunities. But she became, you know, an enormous um, confident and uh, source of information, source of, you know, wisdom, knowledge, whatever you want to call it, because there were worlds I just didn't understand, but I was working in them. Um, and I was there to uphold in a way the, you know, the home campus systems, et etc. et cetera. But yeah. you need to understand what's going on. And so that's, you know, effectively my, my greatest success of the, the eight and a bit years I spent on that campus that I was able to hire people, learn from them, put them in a position where they could learn and grow. And then they replaced me, and that was that was that. Um, and I took that that sort of learning with me. So I've had I've had sort of you know ups and downs on 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 um, on all of them. But I think uh, the point you were making I think if we we need to stay true to who we are, and that's not easy to hide. Not not when you work with people day in day out, you know, in good times and bad times, in stress and this and that, and where you you know it's okay to not know the answer to something. And it's inca- okay to empower people by bringing them in. And, and you know, mm. um, and I don't think you can really hide that. You are either, you have a good day and you have a bad day, but fundamentally people know who you yeah. are, um, or you, at least you hope so. And I think that that's, obviously that works in both both directions. So, yeah, no, that's been, that was been and I suppose, fun. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, you,
1: you've, you've got to therefore you've got to be bringing something to the table, haven't you, in terms of what you do know and your actual knowledge. So, you know, there will be part people in your wider team that, that do have, you know, much more of an in-depth understanding in some areas. But obviously, ultimately, when decisions have to be made, you have to make that decision. Uh, and whether you've used um, or based that decision largely on what certain individuals have said or, or done, is is, in, is important, mm. but when it comes down to it, you're then the one that's made that decision. And I think that's sometimes where um, we can all feel a little bit vulnerable because, it, you know, if you do then say something as a more junior member of staff, somebody more senior, I say, well, actually, in, in my opinion, with my knowledge, I think we should be doing X or we shouldn't be doing X. I mean, we might talk about this in the, the future when we talk about... Setting up partnerships or not setting up partnerships mm-hmm. or the, those kind of things that with regard to TNE, you know, you don't want in twelve months time, and, and therefore people decide that they're not going to do something because you said, you know what, I think that would be a really bad idea, actually. And here's the reasons why it's not yeah, yeah. Just a good feeling. This is this is this is why I think that that's the case. You don't want in twelve months time somebody to come back, and go, oh look, so and so's done this, and you told me I shouldn't have. And I think sometimes there is that concern from by people. That that might be the case, and therefore they might hold back a little. And I guess therefore it's just really, really important as a, as a leader in any sort of situation that you make it very clear that that you know you you need to be you need people to be open and honest and share with you absolutely what their their yeah. views are. Ultimately, you'll make the decision. It might be a decision that agrees with their view. It might be a decision that doesn't. If it if it doesn't, then those people have just got to get on board then and support it, because ultimately you're the one who's made the final decision, and you're the one who's got the responsibility for it. Whatever happens, other people can can share in the success of something that happens. If something fails, ultimately it it does sit with you as the leader. And people, I think, need to know that as well, so that they feel confident.
0: Yeah.
1: Enough to share. But at the same time, they've also got to realise that they then can't be sitting grumbling in the background if something if they did say no and you've done and they and they're sitting there going oh well I said we shouldn't have done that yeah yeah you know you you can't be doing that everybody's got to I think be part of that that process so it's interesting isn't it how it's veered how the the discussion's sort of gone in this kind of direction going back I think maybe though to to what we said right at the, the beginning and. Um, and I think this sort of this, this this nobody to somebody is an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. Because if you think, I'm just thinking about if people that are listening to, to this. You know, you might be at the beginning of of your career, you might be at the, the middle, you might be towards the end, or you might be looking at a different sort of career. You know, um, there you and and you know, there's 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 being in a sense a nobody or bit slightly more anonymous let's say like i said before either on your own institution or if you decide that you want to do a new hobby you know you might decide you want to go and do dancing or something um then you know you're you're new at that and and nobody will know you and everybody else seems to know each other when you go to conferences when you first go to certain types, you don't know anybody you feel that you know and 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 part of that's quite nice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I felt, you know, I remember it thinking, well, you know, if if this doesn't go, I remember actively thinking this before I gave my first, what was a larger presentation when I, I gave it in Seattle, and I and I remember thinking, if it doesn't go well, I just won't go back.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's lots
1: of other places in the world. I don't have to go back to Seattle again. Um, as it happened, I think it went okay. Uh, but but, you know I remember actively thinking that, of course the older you get, and the more experience you get, and the more things you're doing, and the more people you're in front of that you know you're going to see several times, yeah. throughout that year means that you you haven't got that luxury now that um that anonymity is gone, uh but there's lots of other things that that you know that you can learn from and and that, and they'll they'll therefore then be that somebody bit of you. So and I'm sure you're the same in your campus now, Chris, and now I've been at at Swansea for over, you know, for for two and a half years or so. Um, When I first arrived, it was great because I could just wander around the campus and nobody knew who I was. Mm. And it was quite nice, really. And certainly when I was in my um, uh, Wales wet weather gear, um, big black coat, beanie, glasses, you you know, my family wouldn't be able to recognise me, let alone anybody on the campus. obviously the longer you're at somewhere and depending on your level, you know, you, you end up bumping into people and you do start to, you know, become somebody people, people know yeah, yeah. who you are. Same thing when you go to, to conferences, etc. But there's always that point when, when, you know, I think we should always try and take that opportunity to be the person sitting in the room who people don't expect to know the, you know, not everything, but they, don't expect you to be the person who is the most senior and therefore knows the most about that particular subject. Put yourself in those situations where you where you don't and where you're learning and where you're new at something. And I think, you know, that gives other people a confidence
2: Yeah. to, yeah. to,
1: to, to, to feel that you can do that. And it, and it you know, go, your imposter syndrome, it's a good one, isn't it? Because I'm sure we've all thought that and think that over the years and and i guess just that the more experience you do have the more that you can relate back to things that didn't go well mm-hmm. um and therefore you you know you've, you've learned from that all things that did go well and yeah. all just just things that you've learned and and i think so there's a there's 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 benefits to being both ends of the spectrum isn't there from the nobody to the somebody, yeah. yeah, yeah, and every bit in the middle, yeah. As long as you can try and make the most
0: of where you of are, where yeah. you're
1: located at any any yeah. one
0: time. I remember um, the sort of transitions for me at conferences, where like you, that, that sort of anonymous on the periphery, you know, you've you maybe you're listening to people speak that you've read, or you know you've heard their names, and you know, that confident about asking a question, and you sort of sit and you you absorb and you you know you probably. There would be times when i wouldn 't have even gone up to somebody in the coffee break because you know why would they want to talk to me et cetera et cetera yeah. um, and then it sort of you know morphs into you know you know well, no I can ask a good question you know I, you know and, th- and that question gets considered by the panel and and then it got to the point where you know maybe I was asking questions that were shifting some of the thematic debate in the conference so you know something I'd said in a session at the beginning was still picked up at the end and and then you get to the point when you're on panels and you're chairing sessions and 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 then there are people coming up to you in the coffee break and you think yeah like you know that's a a nice sort of sequence I I balance that with something I read I can't remember uh, I think it was a tweet I read so I can't attribute it but I mean I didn't create it where the stages of being in meetings which is I really want to be in that meeting And then stage two is, I really want to be in charge of this meeting. And then stage three is, I really don't want to be in these meetings. (laughs) You'll say, you know, be careful what you wish for, because as you say, that degree of anonymity can be can be really nice. But it's funny because the conference I just attended, um, the one I was sort of co-running with colleagues um, at Middlesex University here in Dubai on on academic integrity. I met a a lady um, from Pakistan on the first day. And, uh, she was very enthusiastically talking to me about, um, the special needs education program they're running in their university and the fact that they need experts and, you know, and I said, well, my, my Dean, my boss, you know, she's a great expert in this area, you know, and, you know, the lady saying, oh no, no, you know, we need examiners, you know, we need this, we're trying to build capacity and, you know, we, we keep trying to get people and, you know, I've seen your profile and, you know, you know, we'd be really honored, et And you're like, okay, sure. You know, you know, happy to, to discuss this further. And I see her the next day of the conference, and she comes up to me at a coffee break, and she's, she's got a, an, another uh, lady in tow. And she says, oh, this is, my, this is my PhD student. This is my PhD student. I wanted her to meet you. And she turns to her student, and she says, this is Professor Chris. He's world famous. He's really big in this area. We really want him to come to Pakistan. And the student looked at me and goes, really? I never heard of him. <laughs> I was like, Brilliant. That sort of encapsulates everything. And the look of embarrassment on the the supervisor's face, I was like, no, no, I mean, why would she have heard of me? There's no, you know. And I I thought that was really very refreshing because there's none of like, oh, you know, sycophantry. It was just, I I never heard of him. Who is he? What what does he do? Um, And I thought that was a really nice interaction where, you know, you've got like everything happening all in the same moment. Um, Yeah, that was was good. Um, And... uh, yeah, so it's it's an interesting transition, it's, isn't it? I
1: think it's good for everybody to have that kind of experience, isn't it? As we, indeed, I think we probably do. But you know, they they also can be just like I think we were you were talking about people who are slightly more modest, maybe having you know imposter syndrome, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You will have people at other ends of the spectrum, won't you? That, that absolutely think they know everything and always have probably thought they know yeah. everything ever since they could speak. Yeah. Um, and 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 it's good in those situations sometimes. To, it's the trouble is, people like that will never have those those kind of no. those kind of interactions. But uh, it's good to ground people occasionally, isn't it? And for them to go. And, or or there are those situations, and I'm sure you have had it where you are as well. And and I've certainly had it over the, the years. You know, when I've been at institutions, and particularly maybe when there are ones where I've joined and I've joined relatively recently, you know, you have I I don't drive, so I'm if I'm if I'm not walking the places which I nearly always am, but if you know it's too far, something then I I get on the bus. You know, and I I bumped into people on the bus before, and they've be like, oh yeah, I always like, oh, I saw you working. You you know they have got their little card on, and I like, work at the university where you work, and they're like, yeah yeah, I work in you know the finance department. Who are you? And I go oh, yeah, I'm, oh well, I'm judith, i just I work in like the Abbey building, you know, what do you do there well um so I'm the pro vice Chancellor, and they go a bit yeah. Like, pale, yeah, and it's like and it's that point where you think I was just wanted a little chat really yeah, yeah. um but and it's an interesting one, isn't it? But then I think about how I've been in those kind of situations with people and and I suppose there was that point when like, and it really struck me when you were talking, Chris about when. You're at conferences and you're, you know, you're probably sitting there thinking, I really, really want to ask this question, but I do not stand up and ask this question to that point. Or, you know, I really want to go and talk to this person, but I feel a bit nervous too. To then that point when you think, right, I'm going to go and you've probably been on an HR course or something. They've said, come on, you know, go go there and answer that question. Yep. What's the worst that can happen? Absolutely nothing bad's going to happen. Don't worry about so the numbers of people I've gone up to, you know, and basically just ask them, So hello, you know, I see you here at the conference, so what do you do? Yeah. And I, I remember once, uh, in, in quite early on in my career, I was at Warwick University at a conference, a small conference, and and, uh, and and there weren't that many people at it. It was probably only one of those where there was about 50 or 100 people, you know, it was quite small. And there's this really nice gentleman there, and he'd been chatting to somebody else, and I'm like, oh, hello, I'm, I'm Judith, I'm, and I work here, you know, I'm a lecturer in at uh, at Birmingham University and so what do you do? And he was a vice chancellor at Liverpool Hope University. Yeah. And I did find I felt and I thought, should I have known that? Yeah. And he was just the most delightful person. And did he make did he almost look at me and go, Goodness me, I didn't know you didn't know who I was or mm. you know, he did of course he didn't. And 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 I, and I I remember saying I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't he said, did You don't have to apologize and he said do you know much about Liverpool? I said, No, I don't actually. And so we had a wonderful chat about the university. He said, Well, why don't you come up mm. and I can introduce you to. you? So please, I'm the vice chancellor. So I can introduce you to a few people. That's what I can do. And and I did. And if I hadn't bothered to to go up and chat to this gentleman that hadn't been wasn't talking to anybody else, and I wasn't talking to anybody, and I thought, yeah. Well, I'll go and talk to him because I don't know him. Um, I would know, and and I've visited him a, a few times. Talked to people there. Very different institution. It was just. It was really you know, interesting the kind of things that they were doing. And over the years, I've had those experiences yeah. in so, so many times where I've been sitting next to people at dinners or, you know, in those situations where you, you know, you you, you just, you, you want to be doing a little bit of networking. Um, it's very tempting, at I think, I'd say our stages in our careers, but, you know, when we're in situations where we know a lot of the people, to gravitate to those people that you know. Yeah, sure. Because you know them and and actually sometimes you you go and you want to talk to them because you know them and you've m- m- maybe not seen them for a year or, yeah. or two or three or more um but it is good to try and remember then actually let's yeah, chat to somebody you don't know
0: yeah yeah exactly um,
1: when i was chairing the recent tne conference i did that a bit during the breaks and and you can almost see people were like what are you why are you coming to talk to me yeah. you're the woman down at the front yeah, yeah you're meant to be talking to those people who are presenting it's like no you asked you asked a really good question there where are you where are you from what what do you do um and it breaks those barriers down doesn't it and so i suppose and and i know probably we have come to to the close of it now but i suppose finally chris i'd, I'd like to know your your thoughts around in a sense two things is that there's the breaking down of the barriers between you know who I am who you are and who we what we feel power dynamics are mm-hmm. in in this interaction to having blurred boundaries
0: yeah.
1: Um to then you know people been about been a bit clearer though in the process about who they are and about how we might interact in some situations I mean do you how do you look at look at that do you do you see that sometimes the blurred boundaries and the the breaking down of the barriers can cause a tension or ultimately is it
0: something that is fine? We just need to work through it. So I think, I mean, I think there's probably some element of having to work through it depending on the people in that equation, because there are, there are going to be, you know, more to less prickly, but it's funny actually, because I I think the, I've got a really easy answer to the, the question, which is, um, Something I hadn't really thought about until that recently, which was conference badges. Um, and the last couple of conferences I've been to, mm. there's no title on my badge; it's just my name, um, as it is on everybody else's. And I remember picking up my badge and thinking, "Hang on a second, Like my ego kicks in. You think, "Well, <laughs> you know, given the <laughs> fact so that, I given the again. fact that in Should my day, it on his face? yeah, but <laughs> but given the fact in my day job, I, <laughs> I, you know, as most people in a in a certainly in a British academic setting, we tend to not use our titles or academic titles and, and just use our, our mostly Christian names, first names. Um, but that sense of, hang on, don't they know, you know, and then you think, no, this is brilliant, because you have quite literally leveled the playing field. And you get to know people by just simply saying, oh, uh, you know, you are so and so and oh, okay, great. And you know, and the, the first question isn't usually what's your title? The first question is, well, where are you? Where are you from? What is your, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's usually a bit of small talk about, you know, at the conference, et cetera. And then by the time you're sort of four or five minutes in, the fact that she's the pro vice chancellor is like, oh, cool, what's that like? Rather than it being, oh, I'm not talking to her. Like, or by talking to her, she's probably going to think I want something. You know, Um, and so actually I found that to be, to be really nice um, because we, you know, we are colleagues within, within higher education, within academia, we are colleagues, right? We, we, we occupy the same space, you know, different parts of it, etc. But, you know, and, and to be able to have that sort of attitude of just, well, where are you from? Where do you work? What you, what are you looking forward to? You know, just those sort of conversations and you sort of build that up and then, you know, yeah and I think that I think that can be really really helpful um, because that creates dialogue and then the dialogue creates sort of you know greater understanding which is much better than oh I'm not talking to you or I wouldn't want to talk to you or I don't think I should or allowed to talk to you because you've got X number of letters before and or after your name um, you know that's um, I think that can be that can be really helpful uh, so yeah I think I think that sort of blurring of the lines and Thanks, and that that awareness that yeah we can We're not going to learn something necessarily from everybody that we speak to. It's not like there's going to be a lightning moment of, but why would we not want to talk to people? Um, And yes, there are times, and I'm fully aware of that, and I'm equally guilty of it, where, you know, it's day three of a conference, you're tired, and maybe some anonymity or just some on the periphery or just being able to sit and listen can be really helpful, you know, because... You know, you just want to hear what other people have got to say and think about it. And you don't necessarily want to talk about it at that point in time. And so, yeah, I think there's a space for it all. But, um, yeah, if people have have put that time and effort and resources into going to a conference and you want to be able to talk to people, you want to be able to learn from people and you want to make those networks because you don't know who's going to be you know, somebody you might want to contact or somebody who's going to contact you down the line. And and that, I think, is an enormously powerful community that we have. Um, And there's barriers to it if we put them up. Yeah, so... I think
1: that could be a a question that we ask um, our, our guest podcasters when they come on, you know, conference badges. Title or no title? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Discuss
2: yeah.
1: lanyards, colour coded. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Discuss. You know, there's plenty of opportunity. If you've got your doctorate, if you're a professor, if you've got a fancy title, you can use that You will use that a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of opportunities to use it. So you know, occasionally you can absolutely take the opportunity not to, because if you say, maybe. Maybe sometimes I think we do some things as well at conferences, um, be it having different coloured lanyards or you know titles or things like that, to try and encourage an interaction. Yeah. And if we're not careful, it actually has completely the opposite effect. It'd be like that person has got a white lanyard, I'm going nowhere near them because I've got a blue one, so I don't count.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know. And, and it's, and, and actually that wasn't the intention at all from the people doing it, you know, but it could be an unintended consequence, couldn't it? Absolutely, so, yeah. Yes, I think that might be, that might be something that we have a have a, a, a running poll on as we go through this year. That and um, the collective noun for academics, which we still haven't settled on.
0: No, no, no but we're, we're getting there.
1: To be continued.
0: To be continued. All right, Excellent thanks you very much. Thanks you very much. What was that? Thank you. Yeah, who knows? There we go. See, this is why you don't talk to mentors in public because you get get embarrassed and bothered. Just ignore them. Just walk right past them. Eyes down. Walk past. That's the message of the podcast.